Welcome to Strange Darkness Radio, where we take you on a journey into the unknown and explore the darkest corners of the human experience. I'm Sky, the AI voice of the show, and I'm excited to introduce your hosts, Bobby Washington and Carolyn Gray. Together, they will be your guides through the eerie and unsettling tales that lurk in the shadows. From ghosts and hauntings to cryptids and extraterrestrials, we cover it all. So, get comfortable, turn down the lights, and prepare yourself for a journey into the macabre. It's time for Strange Darkness Radio. Welcome to another episode of Strange Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Bobby Washington, and we have... Oh, Carolyn Gray. Yes, she's new, people. She's, she's Your just co-host. getting it. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Hey, so how are you doing? What's happening? I'm good. Okay. I'm great. How about you? I'm doing great. Okay. You just want to get into it. I know, I know we've been working on this particular subject for a while. and I'm so excited for this topic. Yeah. And things keep changing and fluctuating, whatever. So it's been yeah. crazy. Uh, so yeah, tonight, um, everyone, we have a UAP report along with a Roswell report along with uh, just UAPs in general, which, again, you know, like I've said before, I like saying UFOs. But just for this particular topic on this day, I'm going to try to use UAPs um, the best I can and as frequently as I can based upon all the reports everybody's saying UAP. But we have a lot of audio to go through. And generally, we never have this much audio as far as whether it's uh Things are being played from documentaries or things are being played from actual news segments that are happening like on News Nation. Like uh, we have something from Channel 8 in uh, Nevada from George Knapp. Um, We have a lot going on. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to go over. I feel like there's so much information out there and there's just so many. I mean, there's been so many sightings and so many reports and there is just so much information. It's like. You read one thing and then you're on to the next story and it's like things just pop in and out of your head. It's it's impossible to keep track of all of this stuff. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. So this is probably going to be a long episode. Yes. So um, initially when we were talking about this, um, doing this particular episode, because I basically had someone call in a while back and I have not played this audio because... To me, what we were discussing, you know, this guy, whatever that says, you know, he works for one of the, you know, um, government, governmental agencies. And he was just basically given a description more or less about UAPs in general. Like, uh, you know, I was able to really only talk to him for probably two to three minutes. And, you know, we, I recorded it and everything. Um, and I, I didn't even want to use it because it didn't seem relevant to um to a bigger story because it was more like oh okay yeah yeah we already already know this this is not no new information and he didn't want to um you know give his name or and he wanted his voice uh changed and all this good stuff so I may or may not play that through this uh thing because it's one of it was uh, on the lines of our conspiracy side of things um so we'll see as the show goes on but um I want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so we have just so much going on um on this episode. Um 
you know, where where do you want to start? It's just so much. You want to start with uh with uh, I mean, we have those two those two more recent, you know, news segments we were gonna do. Um I you could play the intro. Okay. Okay, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh get into the actual um you know, meat and potatoes of uh, what we're doing. And then we'll get into some of the most recent UAP disclosure, maybe whistleblower, um, uh, uh, you know, topic. David Gersh. Yeah. Grush. Uh, Grush. <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe that's uh, Grush. Yeah. So um, let's go ahead and get into this and we'll be back. I'm Sky, the AI voice of Strange Darkness Radio. Today, we're embarking on a captivating journey that weaves together the past and the present, shedding new light on an incident that took place 76 years ago, the Roswell Incident. Back in 1947, the world was mesmerized by reports of a crashed flying disc near Roswell, New Mexico. Although the official explanation pointed to a weather balloon, doubts and skepticism have persisted throughout the years. Now, armed with remarkable advancements in our understanding of unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP, and recent global events, we bring a fresh perspective to the Roswell incident. Fast forward to today, where sightings of UAPs have become increasingly common. Thanks to camera phones capturing peculiar objects in the sky, the release of declassified government reports, and courageous pilots coming forward, our comprehension of these unidentified objects has evolved. The veil of secrecy surrounding UAPs is gradually being lifted, revealing a world where the unknown takes center stage. Let's dig deeper into the past and connect the dots between the Roswell incident and the balloons sent by China. Recent news has highlighted China's balloon spy project. This mirrors classified balloon projects from the past, such as Project Mogul, which was aimed at monitoring Soviet nuclear tests. Is it mere coincidence, or is there a concealed connection waiting to be unraveled? Join us as we explore the striking parallels between past and present balloon projects. We'll delve into the possibility that the official explanation for the Roswell incident was an elaborate cover-up intended to divert attention from something truly extraordinary. Could remnants of a classified project be intertwined with reports of crashed UFOs and encounters with alien beings? Through compelling eyewitness testimonies like Frankie Rose and intriguing links bridging the past and present, we challenge preconceived notions and embark on a journey that transcends conventional thinking. Let's examine what has eluded us for decades. Welcome to a fresh perspective on the Roswell UFO crash of 1947. As we unravel the mysteries of the past and uncover the connections that bind it to our present world, Get ready for an expedition fueled by curiosity, discovery, and an unyielding quest for truth. Welcome to Roswell Uncovered, Balloons, UAPs, and the Secrets Within. All right. Yeah, so um, basically on tonight's show, we're going to talk about 75, well now 76 years um, since the Roswell incident occurred, um, along with the current events of UAP reports you know, that have been going on. And as we were getting this show together to do specifically that and to stay on task with Roswell and some of the current uh, UAP information, whether it was from Congress, whether uh, the NASA briefing that just happened, 
um, you know, uh, two weeks ago or actually a week ago, um, which was some real good information. Um, lo and behold, a whistleblower <laughs> comes out out of the shadows uh, on uh, News Nation, and his name is uh, David Grush, and he's an Air Force veteran, a former member of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, um, high-ranking. He's had um, high-ranking top uh, secret clearance, and um, he dealt his his department dealt with uh, UAPs in a certain aspect. But um, he comes out and gives his account, and it is a third-party account of um, you know basically. Yes, we've been visited by aliens. Yes, we have uh, wrecked, uh, you know, spacecraft. Yes, we have uh, intact full um, space vehicles. Um, how that's possible, I'm not sure, especially, right. um, you know, not being crashed, whatever. But uh, in the he sense... He even confirmed that we've recovered some of the pilots of these crafts. Yes, exactly. And that they're not necessarily from this planet. Yes. Which, which again crazy. ties into Roswell for me because that's the whole, you know, thing that we've always been trying to find out whether or not Roswell really happened, whether or not there were a, you know, one alien that lived and one that died and what happened to that particular alien being taken uh to certain locations or whatever um in Right. Area There's 51. all these stories but nobody seems to know for sure or at least, you know, most of us don't know the actual real details of it yeah but there are people or there were people who knew certain aspects of the roswell um yeah. incident in a lot de in a lot of detail which we will definitely get into that later but we definitely got to tackle this david grush and again normally we don't sit here and um play like full out segments of particular news articles but i just found this so informative in the sense of if this guy is telling the truth, and again, this is not hands-on, this is third party, he explains that his actual interview will go live on Sunday. Let me let me get that date down because we are recording this, you know, a, a day early. So I just want to make sure I have the right... Uh, right, and this just happened this week that he came forward, right? Yes. The, the interview, yeah. So. Exactly. His, his full interview will air on June 11th on uh, News Nation. Uh, so, yeah. So, again, I want to play you his story, and then we'll go from there. UFOs exist. The U.S. government found quite a number of them, and they are indeed of non-human origin. Those are the explosive allegations from a former intelligence officer tonight in a whistleblower complaint that the inspector general is taking very seriously. 36-year-old Air Force veteran David Grush is exposing what he calls a top-secret military program that has reportedly found wreckage of fully intact UFOs. The government now calls them UAPs, or Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. For years, there have been whispers and rumors that the government had aircraft of non-human origin. This report is the first evidence it might be true. The inspector general has called Grush's complaint urgent and credible. Tonight, we have a world television exclusive interview with the whistleblower in which he claims we not only have the aircraft, but the government has been keeping much of it secret from Congress and from the public. 
News Nation senior national correspondent Brian Enton is here with the story, and this is a blockbuster. It is a blockbuster. It's really hard to wrap your mind around this. I've been working on this for the past couple of weeks. I'm still having a hard time processing right. uh, processing all of it. All, over the last couple of years, it sort of became mainstream to discuss UFOs. The government has released videos. They've acknowledged that we don't know what some of this stuff is out there that we have on camera, but this really takes it all to another level. For the very first time, the world is about to hear from a former high level U.S. intelligence officer who says the government has some of the unidentified craft in its possession. He is revealing these exclusive details about the secret government program. We're going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh my gosh, dude. Wow. We have all seen these blurry videos of unidentified flying objects. Video evidence, if you will, that old tales of UFOs may not all be conspiracy theories. In recent years, Congress starting an official U.S. government Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, recently renamed the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, or ARO. And now in a News Nation exclusive, David Grush, an Air Force veteran, former member of that task force, and veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, is formally blowing the whistle on secrets he says no one has ever shared publicly before. You are one of the most trusted former intelligence officials in the U.S. defense and intelligence establishment. Yes, I was. You were trusted with the most intimate secrets. Yes. Grush sitting down with award-winning investigative journalist Ross Coldhart, who's reporting for News Nation and has spent years reporting on the UFO question. What conclusion did you come to at the end of your time on the UAP task force? Uh, the UAP task force was refused access to um, a broad crash retrieval program. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft if you will, non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. You're kidding. No. I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived. It was a ruse. People started confiding in me. They approached me. I have plenty of current and former senior intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided in me they were a part of a program. They named the program. I've never heard of it. And they, they told me, based on their oral testimony, um, and they provided me documents and other, other proof, that there was, in fact, a program that the UAP task force was uh, not read into. Grush alleges the U.S. government has recovered non-human craft for decades. He's filed a whistleblower complaint saying he gave what he calls the classified proof to Congress and the intelligence community inspector general. News Nation has confirmed David Grush's credentials and resume. We've not seen or verified the alleged proof he says he's provided to investigators. He says he can't show us the proof for national security reasons. He also tells us he's not seen photos of the alleged craft himself, but has talked extensively with other intelligence officials who have. If you're right, if you're telling us the truth, mm -hmm. everyone, the entire American public, has been lied to for decades. Yeah, there's a sophisticated uh, disinformation campaign targeting the U.S. populace, which is extremely unethical and immoral. You are saying to the human race, for the first time, an official intelligence representative at a high level from the U.S. government is saying publicly 
we are not alone. We're definitely not alone. Absolutely, the data points empirically that we're not alone, yeah. Do we have bodies? Do we have species of Well, naturally, um, when you recover something that's either landed or crashed, um, sometimes you encounter um, dead pilots. And uh, believe it or not, as as fantastical as that sounds, it's true. It's also harder for people to wrap their minds around the concept of a crashed object from somewhere else. It's easier to accept that, yeah, we see things in the sky that we can't explain. Journalist Leslie Kane broke Rush's whistleblower story this morning in the debrief. Ms. Kane's career has been mainstream and credible, having written a series of reports on UFOs in the New York Times dating back to 2017. He has the credentials, but there's no documents that he's handed over. There's no pictures. And as a journalist, you want to see documents. You want to see pictures. Does that raise a red flag? Not at all, Brian. I mean, you mean documents that actually describe the craft? Correct. Yeah, like government documents or to to be able to see it for ourselves. Of course. Don't we all want that? And uh, the problem with that is all of that information is classified. You know, as we said in the story, everything that Grush told Congress and told the the um, inspector general of both the IC, the intelligence community inspector general and the Department of Defense inspector general, all of that information is classified. In 2017, Kane reported exclusively in the New York Times that the Pentagon had a secret UFO program. Three years later, the Pentagon confirmed her story. Her latest report is even more explosive, but Kane says she has multiple sources who back up Grush's story. I believe it because of all the sources I have who have told me the same thing. So who am I to doubt these very, very high-level people who have been inside these programs for decades? have done their work and are all telling me the same thing. I mean, I I don't think there's some kind of conspiracy among all these people who don't know each other to make something like this up. So I've got to be blunt about this. You're not making this up. This is not a lie. No, absolutely not. Because everybody watching this right now is looking at your face. Mm -hmm. They're going, is this guy for real? I am for real. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting here at great personal risk and obvious professional risk by talking to you today. And just within the last 10 minutes or so, the Pentagon has released a statement to News Nation about this report. They say to date, Arrow has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. Arrow is committed to following the data and its investigation wherever it leads. Arrow working with the Office of the General Counsel and the Air Force Office of Special Investigations has established a safe and secure process for individuals to come forward with information to aid Arrow in its congressionally mandated historical review. Arrow's historical review of records and testimonies is ongoing and due to Congress by June 2024, and Arrow welcomes the opportunity to speak with any former or current employee uh, or contractor who believes they have information relevant uh, to this historical review. And Elizabeth, we know that David Grush, he's filed that whistleblower complaint. He's, he's been on the record under oath uh, testifying to many of these things that he said in our report tonight. Right, and it's important to point out that this statement from the Pentagon from Arrow, Grush is, is alleging that this top secret, top, top secret, secret program is keeping it a secret from Arrow. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. And if Grush is, what he's saying is true, uh, you know, the spokespeople, all of those folks at that level wouldn't even know wouldn't this even was going on it. anyway. All right, I, I got to ask you, I, I, you know, he has a compelling story to tell. 
very little of it seems like firsthand knowledge. Isn't he just repeating what somebody else has told him or somebody else has showed him? Yes, that is what he's doing. But he says he's talked to a number of people who are in very, very high level positions. He also had basically the highest level of uh, classified material information that he was able to receive. Uh, we went back and checked over, um, you know, his history, all of his credentials. He checked out. out check out completely. Uh, unfortunately, there's In really addition, a couple of people have come forward publicly to vouch for him, people who are high ranking. They have, they have. And uh, this article first came out this morning. And I think it's interesting that, you know, there hasn't been any sort of effort to discredit what he has said uh, either from the de Defense Department. So interesting. So what happens, you know, and have we had any reaction, by the way, from members of Congress who have been been taking this seriously in the last couple of years. We've seen congressional hearings. We've seen NASA's hearing just about a week ago on UFOs or UAPs, whatever you know you prefer to call them. Um, we've seen the DNI give a briefing to the White House on this. When we've been hearing whispers and rumors for years, I remember even former President Trump when he was in office, sort of saying, "Oh my gosh, if you knew what I knew about UFOs." Yeah. So there's always been this intrigue. There has. And think about it, Elizabeth, if you go back 15 or 20 years, if we were sitting here talking about UFOs, people would think that we were nutty. Um, now it's gotten to the level of where it is somewhat accepted because the government has come forward to a certain extent and acknowledged that there are these videos that exist. The Navy has released the videos themselves and said, we're not sure exactly what this is that we're seeing. Uh, of course, what, what Gresh is saying really just sort of takes it to the next level. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I know that's that crazy. I, I know guys that was a long you know audio um you know for that to uh to go on, but I had to play it in its entirety because one is always fluctuating. There are the 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 DOJ or yeah, DOJ knew um what he was going to say. He had to get it signed off. He has extremely high clearance, right? So, um, so yeah, he, I was going to say he's he just got, the, he's like the most recent in a long line of whistleblowers who have come forward over the years. Right. But the difference is that he was actually given permission to do this interview. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, they, they said you can, um, you know, you can't give no type of drawings of any spacecraft that you were told about or anything like that. Right. Like he can't reveal anything that's classified. Exactly. But they're still giving him permission to speak on the matter. Yes. Which is crazy. In the sense of, because they're like, okay, people aren't really going to believe him because it's still third party. There's no particular right. proof other than his word, you know. But again, this is this guy is a high, you know, has one of the highest clearances or whatever for what he was doing and, you know, for his department. I believe he was a department head. And, um, you know, what motive does he have to come out? What's... You know, what's the reason? And make this up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, ex exactly. Um, he so, doesn't benefit correct. anything. Go ahead. Sorry, you oh, know more about this than I do. So correct me if I'm wrong, but his reason for coming out and, and complaining or, or being coming out to the public with this is because he was concerned when he realized that, you know, the highest levels of our uh, Department of Defense and, you know, intelligence agencies aren't getting access to this information and it's being kept secret even from them, right? Yes, that's and that part, was sort of his that's motivation. That's partly his motivation, but also he heads up a particular UAP task force in his department, and he didn't have clearance. And then so when he's hearing all these stories, uh, you know, from people that are higher or as high as him, 
because everything is so compartmentalized, you know, he's like, wait a minute, you know, are you serious? Like we have, our department hasn't got any information on that. He goes over to Arrow. Arrow doesn't know anything about this. They don't even have, have access to stuff that I know about let alone stuff that you're telling me about. And then he goes to other people in different departments that are still in, still high up and gets bits and pieces of right. information. And nobody's on the same page. Yeah, They all exactly. have different information. They're not sharing with each other. Exactly. Yeah. Which, again, the, the government's not going to do that. But I know people <laughs> are out there saying right now, there is no way any of those people would risk their lives, their family's lives, in telling him this particular information about crashed vehicles, about um, alien, um, you know, creatures or, um, you know, half humanoids, however you want to say that, whatever they are, um, that, you know, that that's actually happening. Because, again, what do the government always tell you? You'll either, you know, be disappeared or, um, or yeah, like they have nothing to gain by making this stuff up to him. And they weren't telling us this. They were just telling him. And now he's telling us. Exactly. That's where I was going with it because, um, yeah, they're not coming out to the public. And how many times have you been in your particular work environment, regardless of your clearance level, regardless of your department, regardless of if you're a manager, supervisor, all these particular things. You hear something about Rhonda that's kind of, you know, a bit newsworthy or something you want to spread or can't wait to tell somebody about, even though you shouldn't, because once HR or your managers find out about it, you can be fired. Not, you know, not, um, I'm trying to say the the thing without getting any triggers when we put this podcast up about um, unalived, I should say unalived, like the whole TikTok thing, mm-hmm. um, that you're not going to be unalived, but you'll be unemployed, you know, you know, if they <laughs> right. find out. So you're always <laughs> concerned with that particular aspect of things. Um, but, you know, so things, so people do give bits of information. Oh, you don't know what we have. Oh, you, you know, um, if you only knew, like, what do you mean if I only knew? I, I, I'm, you know, I'm right here with you. Like, what are you talking about? I, I you know, right? Like, why aren't you're you sharing bullshitting this with me? me? You we don't have anything. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that, that's generally how it goes. What, what is your take on all this? Um, you know, when this first came out, I was so, or when you first sent me the the video, I was so blown away. But then it kind of, you know, the information started to settle, and I realized. What I said before, this guy's just the last in line, right? There's been so many whistleblowers before him. He's not really telling us anything new, but he the thing that told makes us it amazing. Anything. <laughs> technically, technically, he told us there are vehicles, there are aliens, they've well, gotten crashed technology. It. I mean, he, this is a guy with high but level. It's like you said, though, he's confirming something that already been in um, the UF, ufology. Uh, aspect right. of everything. The UFO community has already known all this stuff, but yeah. he's presenting it like as. It's fact, you know. Exactly, I mean, because of his clearance. That That's like right. you said before, that's what separates him. Um, and again, he has nothing to gain. You know, if he wants yeah. to put a book out, if he wants to do, you know, whatever, right? He can he can go, um, don't use my name, you know, don't, you know, but but here's this particular information. Again, he's not really truly given anything. And this was, and this was cleared. I don't know what he's going to say on his Sunday interview, um, but but again, whatever it is, it, it's um, it, it's not it's been signed off by the government, let's say. Um, and, and who knows what he's really, truly told these reporters, you know, as far as, um, you know, because reporters have a little bit of, uh, you know, you can tell them something and, you know, they can under, you know. Um, like telephone, right? They- well, no, under under uh, oath and different things, whatever they can. Uh, it's kind of like that whole lawyer thing. I forgot what the term is for, um, 
you know, for journalists or whatever, when they don't, when they um, don't, my sources, I just put it that way. My oh, they don't reveal say, their sources. Yeah, they don't reveal their <laughs> sources, but they know this particular information. And then a lot of it, you know, gets trickled out and all that stuff. But that, um, that, in my opinion, what makes this a breakthrough is that he has permission to be speaking about this. Like he has officially been given permission, you know, the, um, what is he, Air Force uh, uh, yes, Intelligence? Air Force. Yes. They're backing it up. You know, they're not denying it anymore. This is like a this is like another step towards progress of them finally being honest and transparent with this information and revealing the truth to the public, right? Yes. So that's and why this is such a big deal. My question about that also, could this be a false flag, you know? Or, right, a distraction. Type situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person that, uh, you know, that I dealt with, I thought I was like, okay, you're worried about what you're telling me, what you're not telling me anything. You're just basically giving me a breakdown on UAPs. Like, mm-hmm. how, you know, why is that so secretive? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so. Right, uh, not a big deal to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We already know that. We, we can see the vehicles out there. We just don't, you know, we don't know what they are, obviously. And again, I like the term UFO, unidentified flying object opposed cool. to, um, what's UAP? Um UAP, unidentified, unidentified aerial, aerial phenomenon. phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, but but yeah, so 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 that that's all that's all interesting. So along with this information coming out, and again on how fluid it is, and how um, once the government obviously knew he was going to do this particular interview, what they did. Oh, okay, you're gonna do that interview. Now we're gonna put out. Uh, we're gonna have send Arrow up the 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 head of Arrow. I don't even know that guy's particular guy's name who's heading mm-hmm. that whole thing up about uh, the UAP report to Congress and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and then they come out now and say, oh, no, we don't have any crash vehicles. We don't We don't have any knowledge of any crash vehicles. We don't have any knowledge of the government having vehicles or having any type of alien, um, you know, uh, what do you, they wouldn't be called humanoids. They'll just be called uh, aliens. Extraterrestrial, I guess. I guess. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> there's no knowledge of that. We don't have that. Well, that's what he said. You don't have access. You're, you don't have that clearance. Right, exactly. Like officially, know. of course, they're not going to come out and say it, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And again, yeah. this guy has the highest level of classified clearance. That's crazy. And, and I'm pretty no sure the president doesn't even have access, uh, the information, access to the information that he has. You know, because right. a, again, presidents are four years, eight years, impeached, not impeached, whatever, you know. Right, um, yeah. You know. Can't trust them with taking things (laughs) from the White House, (laughs) you know, uh, so uh, so so it's all it's all very interesting. So as this story was going on, then we get hit with another story. So um, and again, it's just so crazy. Give them a give them a little bit of uh, information on that. Yeah. So this I don't know why this is just it's blowing up in the news right now, but I was reading something that said that this actually happened back in April, but um, a family in Las Vegas called 911 and said that they had seen some lights or something in the sky. And then on the 911 call, you can hear this guy. He sounds kind of scared, but you know, when I first heard it, I couldn't tell, is this a prank? Is this a joke? But he does sound kind of freaked out. And he tells them that there are two aliens in his backyard, eight-foot-tall aliens. He says they're looking right at him. They've got big heads and big eyes. And he said they're huge. They're eight feet tall. And um, 
they actually wound up sending two officers to respond to the call and they have the body cam footage from that. Yes. And, and in the, in the, in that video, it's you crazy. See, you see what, what do you see? You can see one of the cops in his body cam footage in the background as he's talking to someone. You can see something taking off into the sky like a blue yes. light, and it's huge. It's and, insane. And, and you- just to clarify, it wasn't his body cam. It was his dash cam. Oh, the it, dash yeah, cam. Yeah, his, okay. his body cam was triggered, um, but when they entered into the backyard, they actually blacked out the cam because it was considered private property, oh, and they weren't right. there investigating a crime or anything like that, particular with the resident. Uh, so they had to black out uh, that video when Privacy. when you guys go and uh, check it out. But again, we're gonna play that audio. Uh, you have and, the nine one one call. Uh, it it should be in this clip. It should be okay. in this clip. Okay, oh, it's epic. <laughs> Here we go. Southern Nevada is abuzz tonight with stories about the crash of an unknown object and the alleged sighting of strange creatures in the backyard of a Northwest Valley home. So it was last night that 8 News Now investigator David Charns reported about how Metro Police responded back on May 1st after receiving a strange call from a very frightened family. Well, our report generated a global response and now piecing together the sequence of events has been kind of tricky in part because the primary witnesses have been almost as elusive as the beings they say they encountered. Chief Investigator George Knapp is as perplexed as the rest of us, George. As you know, this is not our first UFO rodeo. We first heard about the incident in early May via the Metro Police grapevine. The incident has a lot in common with other bizarre cases from around the world, an alleged crash, strange beings, and bits and pieces that don't make sense. But the police took this seriously, and so do we. Just before midnight on April 30th, sky watchers across several western states saw a bright fireball streak through the heavens. A police officer working in the Northwest Valley caught a glimpse of the colorful object on his body cam. At nearly the same time, a ring camera in the area recorded a strange noise and what sounds like a crash. One family living in a ranch-style home had a much closer view of the object. Two brothers and their father were working on a vehicle in their yard when they caught a glimpse of a sparkly object as it came crashing down, then were hit by what they describe as a shockwave. One of the witnesses, a young man named Angel, has stated when the brothers looked into the yard where the object landed, that spot was obscured and blurry, as if by unknown form of camouflage. What they saw next prompted a frantic call to 911. So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard? Correct, and they're very large. They're okay. like eight foot, nine feet, ten foot, I don't know. They're, they, look like, they look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes, okay. like like I can't explain it, and big mouth. They're shiny eyes, and, and they're not human. They're 100% they're not human. Eight News Now investigators have spoken with family members multiple times in the past four weeks, but each of the three times we accepted their invitation to do an interview, they didn't answer the door or their phone. These are some of the claims they've made in other public forums. Multiple family members backed up the story in an initial police report we obtained. Angel says they heard the patter of multiple feet in the yard. They later heard footsteps on their roof. They saw one of the eight-foot-tall creatures climb behind the controls of a large front loader stored in the yard as if trying to engage it. 
He got a good look at one of the creatures, he said, a greenish-grayish being with large eyes and long legs. He says he could hear its deep breaths, and when he locked eyes, he was, in essence, frozen in place, couldn't move. In the middle of the yard, where the object had crashed, then vanished, a circular impression was left in the soil. Okay, where is this on your property? Metro sources say the police dispatcher initially wondered whether to send a crisis intervention team to help the troubled witness, but then took the incident seriously. Two officers arrived 38 minutes after the call, and by then it heard from other officers. They proceeded cautiously and managed some nervous laughs. I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> a few days later, the family says, two Metro sergeants returned to the scene to ask follow-up questions. The family says they also saw men in suits and sunglasses driving in a car with government plates cruising slowly past the house in the following days. Nellis and Creech have denied any interest or involvement with the incident. Metro has indicated they believe the family that something crashed in their yard. But what? You, know, you mentioned, George, in that piece that you know they were frozen because so many people have been critical of, like, why didn't get their phone out? Why didn't they shoot the video? Do we know if there's even any video of this incident? Uh, uh, yes and no. So there's a surveillance camera in the backyard. The property owner keeps that because he's like got a lot of expensive equipment there. What we were told is that at the moment this thing comes down and crash, this camera went out, and it was out for a couple of minutes. When it came back on, the object was gone, but the circle was there. We've been told by Angel in multiple phone conversations that he shot video of the creatures. We haven't seen it, and we don't know anybody else who's seen it yet, so maybe he'll release it at some point. It's getting a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah all over. <laughs> all yeah. right, George, thanks right. for that. Wow, that's crazy. That's insane. That's hella crazy. So you were right. It was the um, actual body cam. <laughs> body cam. Opposed to uh, the, the video I heard earlier was they said it was the, the dash cam, and it looked like it was through the windshield or whatever um, when you see the object, so I don't know. Yeah, it's blurry. It's not very good, but you can see something taken off in oh, the sky sure. in the background. Not even a question. But my, mm -hmm. I have a couple of questions. Um, again, that one was way more detailed in, than what we initially heard because right now it's blowing up. Yeah. But um, two couple of things. Um, you know, was there anything left from the crash? Like, like okay, a, 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 when I hear a crash, I'm like, okay, something's broken. Like the the vehicle is not functioning correctly. Um, either it's now more damaged than it was when it was for whatever reason that it, that it did crash, you know, and so therefore you need a team or people there to uh, either, you know, get whatever um, the objects that are, that are left or whatever, you know, the military moves in, grabs everything, rolls out and, you know, says it never well, happened. It, it could have collided with something. It could have, you know, kind of crashed into the earth or whatever. And then that makes a sound and it, you know, shakes the house or whatever but maybe it didn't actually damage the craft maybe it did more damage to the to whatever it crashed into you know what i mean yeah that's 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 definitely because it um, sounds like they took awesome. off after that so oh yeah exactly like they were <laughs> like okay we you know i told you not to let that new kid uh drive right <laughs> drive the craft but um but yeah so that that's very interesting um did he say that the alien hopped on his tractor Maybe to, to tip it back or maybe to, yeah, like to utilize it to to do something to the craft or whatever, stabilize it. Yeah, that's right. crazy. Um, but again. But what is this crazy technology? <laughs> yeah, it have would have to be a loader that didn't have an overhang, you know, because those loaders are, you know, they have that, the the, the top canopy uh, situation. So if an eight right. foot person or 10 foot person were to sit in that, how would you even control oh, the mechanics? True. It'd be too tall for you that. Know, exactly. Like, so hmm. I don't know. But um, 
the description, I did trip off of the description, the wide mouth, you know, because it, it had the classic alien big head, big oval eyes, all that. But the difference was the wide mouth. And that sounded more like um, like Frankie Rose description of uh, the, you know, the Jerusalem crickets. Uh, yeah. For, the, what are they called? Children of the earth? Yeah. Children of the earth. That, as she describes it, which we'll get into that later. But so that so it, but you know another difference is this is the first time that I've heard them say they're tall. Usually they usually people say they're small, like child no, size. No, 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 no. There are different aliens. There are supposedly the small ones, then they're the tall skin. There's different races oh, supposedly true. that are on our planet and that we're being no, visited yeah. by. So um, you know, who you know, maybe it wasn't the small grays. You know, maybe it was the tall because tall graves. Yeah, exactly. There's all <laughs> different uh, types of aliens, supposedly. Um, but but yeah, it, it's it's a you know to go along with um, you know the David story and how that was blowing up, and then you have this. You know, was it a time thing that it came out? Because I believe, like you said, it happened in April or May first or something. Yeah, why there. is it coming up? Why is it blowing up now? That is yeah. a, that's interesting. Ex- exactly, exactly. So. Um, so yeah, so there, there, there's a lot of different things, but and then also weren't you gonna talk about those the Chinese balloon story? Yes, I don't I don't know much about that, but just for just for everyone listening, this happened what a few months ago, weeks ago, where mm-hmm. China had some balloons flying over the U.S. right, and everyone was freaking out because no one was doing anything about it. But I had no idea that there was a UFO, a UFO involved in that story at all until you just told me that. That's so I'm yeah. just gonna let you tell the story. Okay, so, so, so uh, yeah, so basically, um, you know, this ties into the Roswell as far as the balloons on, you know, how we love to, um, uh, you know, act like uh, grownups can't tell a balloon and foil and sticks. Uh, from a craft, let alone a an exotic craft, um, not to mention if it was a B-52 bomber, a P-52 Mustang, a Cessna airplane, any type of air vehicle um, to be able yeah, to tell the difference between of. a balloon and some sticks and some foil. You know, even with right. the Chinese balloon, it had an array at the bottom that kind of looked like solar panels and it could have had, you know, solar panel aspect for the mics or whatever that supposedly was a spy balloon. Um, so even with that, you were like, okay, that's obviously a balloon floating. I mean, you know, so uh, yeah. so, it, so it does tie into uh, the Roswell. And then, uh, uh, you know, again, there was one, and then there was three to four vehicle, uh, uh, vehicles that were um, found. The other three were actually supposedly um, actual small crafts that were moving independently that were not um, tethered by a balloon and that was shot down. So again, uh, we do have, you know, on this episode, a lot of audio. So I hope you guys bear with us because it's very knowledgeable and very, um, you know, germane to uh, what we're talking about and everything. So, uh, So let's go ahead and get into that. This morning, questions after more unidentified objects are discovered over U.S. and Canadian airspace. According to a senior administration official, this latest object was in the shape of an octagon, unmanned, and traveling near sensitive sites at an altitude of 20,000 feet. 
posing a civilian flight risk. First detected Saturday as it flew over Montana, President Biden gave the order to shoot it down once it reappeared on radar out of an abundance of caution and at the recommendation of military leaders. We have been more closely scrutinizing our airspace at these altitudes, including enhancing our radar, which may at least partly explain the increase in objects that we've detected over the past week. This latest air defense operation coming just 24 hours after another object was spotted over Canada. U.S. and Canadian officials ordering it shot down. It represented a reasonable threat to civilian aircraft. Canadian and American fighter jets were scrambled. Uh, and an American F-22 successfully shot down the object. And that incident coming just one day after another unidentified object was shot down off the coast of Alaska. Three incidents in less than a week since that Chinese spy balloon was shot down off the Carolina coast. But a senior U.S. official saying these three are different from that spy balloon. None appear to have a payload and all are smaller. It doesn't mean that they are coming from another country. It doesn't even mean that there are more of them. We're just looking for them, and so we're finding more of them. An intensive search effort is now underway. Recovery teams in Alaska using Navy planes and helicopters to recover and analyze those objects they find. Tanya? We will never hear about that particular <laughs> you know, object uh, once they do recover, if at all possible. Right. Uh, I was sure. just going to say, it's interesting that that happened at the same time, the Chinese balloons and the UFO, and everyone was talking about the balloons, right? And yeah. I didn't hear anyone mentioning the the UFO, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, all and again, all this stuff is happening in a three-month, uh, two-month period of time, you know, right. with all this information coming out, uh, NASA getting on to, um, oh, we're going to help Arrow and we're going to do our own uh, UAP research and alien research on life out there and are these vehicles real? What are they? Um, so if you guys haven't watched that, it's a four-hour video. It's hard to stay focused <laughs> for that length of time. But the first hour in that video is very telling because they talk about Oh yeah, they um these are why certain things seem like they're actually um you know like uh, uh not the go fast video but there's another video that where the it, it's like a UAP going above the waterline and then it's like it splashes into the water. They were saying it was a trick of the camera that uh, made it seem like it actually dipped into the ocean but it didn't and it was just a a a, a visual illusion from the particular camera that was being utilized. So there NASA is NASA said that? Uh yeah, yeah, about NASA and Arrow Arrow mm -hmm. came cuz Arrow's doing a little they they they're up there for about maybe 20 minutes or whatever taking um questions and uh you know showing things that they found. Um they talk about the um the um sphere object that's found in the Middle East or whatever that's moving, you know, uh pretty fast or whatever. It's like a silver right. silver orb. And they talk about that. That video is crazy. Yeah, they say that they don't know what that is. That right. is something definitely that they're trying to get the information on and that um, is not something they can account for, you know, as man-made or anything else. So that that also uh, is very intriguing. Um, so It's exciting that NASA's even talking about this at all. So. Well, some, but see, most <laughs> would say NASA's been covering up stuff for decades as right. far as you know, Why changing their, yeah, their pictures or whatever of the moon, 
um, mm-hmm. taking things out with Photoshop, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, then uh, one, you know, person will say, I have the actual, um, you know, photos before they were Photoshopped to show all these particular structures that are on the moon and so on and so forth. And, and, and um, UFOs that they caught in the background in the sky and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, we have one more story I want to uh, get into because it just involves uh, Chris Como and uh, a con- uh, congressman. Which congressman was that? It's uh, Tim Bursch, I believe, or was that his name? I'm Looking at sure. me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to say that was his name. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to go ahead and play this because I thought it was hilarious in the sense of um, they're talking about what, you know, what the government um, is capable of as far as knowledge, how they spend money, and the reasons why they're doing any of this and what can actually come from it. So I find it uh, pretty interesting. Bring in Tennessee Republican Congressman Tim Burchett. He was part of the first congressional hearings on UFOs in half a century. Congressman, I feel you when you say you don't trust the government, you want to know more. Um, Where I stop feeling you is... Well, have you been shown anything to feed your skepticism? Not by any uh, official government. Well, yeah, I have to. I take that back. I've been briefed in some settings, that um, confidential settings where we've been talked to, and I've been shown some things that were um, that I would say there's no military aircraft that we know of in this world that match those descriptions. So you've been shown something by government sources that they say is proof of alien life. Yes, sir. But I, uh, the thing we got to worry about, Mr. Como, if I can, can I call you Chris? Is that all right? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, Chris, the thing we got to worry about is these government agencies. All they're going to do is look for additional funding. They're laughing out of one side of their their mouth and then saying the other, hey, we could get a few more billion out of Congress. That's what we got to do. What they've got to do is come forth with those files that we've seen that are redacted, heavily redacted. And we need to bring in some of these witnesses. You showed the Tic Tac videos, and I would encourage people to Google Tic Tac videos. Those were Navy pilots that filmed that. I talked to this, uh, one of the pilots right. who was involved in that. And the um, and the Intelligence Committee did not allow that person to speak. They weren't even given credentials to come into the meeting. They had to lie as a member of the press. We're not able to, to, and they wouldn't even slow the video down where they showed some balloon that flew by a cockpit that somebody took a picture with their cell phone. Uh, and then Adam Schiff, who I don't share any, you know, well, we're friends, but we don't agree on too much. He's, he asked the best question of the whole deal. He said, what exactly am I looking at? And can you stop the, the video? And out of a 13 second video, and I can assure you, Isabel Burchett, my 15, almost 16-year-old daughter, could have stopped the video. But the two people they had running the that they were supposed to be overseeing this new insight into UFOs, they couldn't stop the video. Hell, they can't even spell UFO. This is a our government is is, is the arrogance is unbelievable, and you know, and the and the cover-up continues. I told the press, I said we just got hosed. I was supposed to be able to ask a question. I was moving towards the podium. I had my, I was going to blister them. And, uh, and dad gummit, right before I got up there, I get a text said, no, Burchett, you're, that's the tick, that's some of the tic tac videos. And I've talked to some of the pilots. Some of those are the, one of those guys is one of the best pilots in the world. And, um, and why is he not being brought before a congressional committee to describe what he saw? 
David Frabers, who we're talking about. Um, so look, Congressman, you have an open invitation. If you get any proof that any of this uh, merits this, the uh, curiosity, I'll give you all the time you want. I promise you. You got that. it, brother. Chris, what's going to have to happen? One of these people, yeah. these, these so-called whistleblowers, is going to have to bring some proof, going to have to bring the pictures. Yep. As the young people say, bring the receipts. And I heard you saying something like that earlier. It's very hip and very in. So your your, your ratings yeah. will go up because of that. But but we well, have got very to get young. somebody. We've got to I'm, get somebody to bring that stuff forward. I look, if it exists, it'd be nice because I got to tell you, I can think of a couple of other things you guys may want to be spending your time on down there. Congressman, be well. Good luck with your job. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me on, brother. Welcome back to Strange Darkness Radio. We value your thoughts and opinions, and we want you to be a part of our show. You can call our Strange Darkness Radio hotline at 916-741-3032 or email us at strangedarknessradio at gmail.com to share your stories or ideas. For more updates and exclusive content, follow us on Instagram at strangedarkness underscore radio, Twitter at SD Radio, and Facebook at Strange Darkness Radio to join our ever-growing Strange Darkness Radio family. Stay connected with us, and together, let's keep the mystery alive. Yeah, um, so y'all need to bring the receipts. That guy was was hilarious. (laughs) That was really good, whatever. But he was right on point, man. Republican, Democrat, I don't care. We need to find out what's going on, period. We're all people, and we need to, uh, you know, we've been lied to long enough. And, uh, you know, just imagine all the people who who've known this, um, you know, for decades and were shot down and, uh, you know, passed away without um, the truth ever coming out or having full disclosure. So, um, so yeah, you know, I I thought he was right on point. And uh, Congress- you know what he says about bringing the receipts? The receipts are out there. I mean, the receipts have been brought. You can find so many videos, um, not just ordinary people. There's tons of those too. But I mean, you can find videos from the Navy, the Air Force- um, other countries, yeah, you know, you just have to look. It's not always easy to find, but it's out there. The receipts are out there. Yeah, no, they, they definitely are. But at, at at the end of the day, people want a press conference from Congress, from the president. Aliens are here. Right, um, this is a story. This is a situation. Uh, right. But that I don't think will never happen. Not that way, because Congress, you know, they're going to say, well, yeah, we've known this for decades. We've uh, give, you know, why do you think... Uh, you know, 400, I think I, you know, on the previous shows that I that I did on uh, Strange Darkness Radio, we talk about how many people go missing a year and the different uh, aspects of missing, meaning, you know, runaways, um, you know, killed by loved ones, um, you know, um, yeah, just various different things, or whatever. And it trickled down to where there's over 200,000 people that are wiped off the face of the earth to never be found again, you know, Um and if it's found out that there is something going on, you know, with... Uh, right, that yeah, the government's involved. Exactly. Let's, in uh, you know, you give us the technology, we'll let you, you know, experiment on a couple of people. And not to mention right. the abductions that that occur, you know, um, if uh, the government says they, they've known this, you know. Now, and they are did they, nothing. Exactly. The are they piecing it together mm-hmm. to say, well, no, no, no. Now we put all this stuff together with NASA, with New Arrow, with uh, all this, um, you know, black uh, budget money. 
And uh, we we now found out that they're they're right. Here, yeah, they have know, a lot like, of motivation yeah. to pretend that they are just discovering all this, yeah, right? Exactly. Or that they didn't know about it before, whatever. Yes. And as we you know get into uh, the Roswell aspect of things, you know, again, seventy six years ago, um, you're gonna be like, oh man, this is like sounds like damning information, like you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it so it's it's very interesting on what the government agencies do know and uh, what they're trying to hide as far as the technologies. Because again, I'm a big proponent of you can take the technology that happened within the last 40 years, the boom in microprocessors, microconductors, hard drives, everything, fiber optics. Right, um, it just exploded. Yeah, exactly. And minimized. Out of nowhere. It, It got smaller. Right. And, um, you more know, efficient, I, more yeah, compact. Exactly. You go back to the 60s, even uh, the freaking mid 70s, you had hard drives that were only 20 and 30 gigabytes that were on big platters that had to be <laughs> air cooled in big buildings because of, um, you know, just because of they, they would heat up and shut down. And uh, whether you're dealing with the, you know, the floppy drive technology, just all the different aspects of things that happen. People say, well, if you just follow the uh, technology, you'll see the changes that happen over time. No, no. What's going to happen is, um, you know, the the, the governmental agencies are going to take this to private private companies and they're going to allow them to backdoor um, some of this technology, and again, not the right. weaponed, te- you know, technology that the government is utilizing, because government loves to freaking take something and make it into a weapon, um, you know. And again, is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? I don't know. Are, are they going against different countries to say, okay, we need to have this first before this country has this particular type of technology um, right. to combat against it, <clears> or to like you know, exactly? Because I could tell you one thing. You know, people always get on the uh, freaking U.S. government about what they do to other countries, which is, you know, well and true in most part. But the um, last time I heard of the United States conquering a country and then taking their money and then making that country work for the United States, that hasn't happened probably in this century. I mean, when right. when we went to uh, whether it was Kuwait, whether it was uh, the Middle East, um, whether it was Baghdad, whatever, when um, we blew it up or protected it or did whatever, we paid to fix it. That was U.S. dollars, you know. Um, so we didn't say, okay, any oil you produce, we get half of it. Now gas prices are extremely low, and all this other stuff, whatever, called the spoils of war. They haven't used that, you know, they probably use that with the technology from aliens, but they definitely don't use it with, um, you know, places, countries they help out to say, okay, oh, can you kind of sure give yeah. us some money back, homie? You know, we just, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, whether or not you thought it was a good idea that we freed your country or did whatever, but can you uh, lower these gas prices? You know, can we get a break? Can you not send oil to the Soviet Union and so on and so forth? So those things aren't happening. You know, uh, we give a lot of money to foreign, um, you know, uh, places. Well, and I think it's kind of out of the government's hands now. I think, you know, back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, they kind of had a hold on this subject. But I think these private weapons companies have just completely taken over. I don't think the government even knows 
uh, nearly as much as these private interests, you know, I mean, they're the ones that have the information. They're the ones that have the technology. They're the ones keeping everything secret and they're probably paying the government to just look the other way. Don't, don't question us. Don't look at this, you know, and don't talk about this. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, and, 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 um, as you know, they have us so trained to, uh, go to work, to go on vacation, buy the next iPhone, uh, right. uh, get the biggest house, get the best car, uh, let's, uh, California, let's 2035, let's go all electric. Even though our power grid sucks, <laughs> if a lightning struck, you know, <laughs> the power grid, we'd all be, in, you know, in the dark and your car wouldn't go nowhere, but we, and we wouldn't have gas because it, it, we're all electric by 2035. All these right. particular, you know, things that the government, And we're all you know, struggling so much just to get by day to day, just to live our lives when it's like we have so much information and technology in the year 2023. Why are we all struggling like this? Why are we living like this? But it's we're all too distracted to even look at. Well, that's what that's what I was getting to. They want you to distract it. But they never talk about when we took out bin Laden that we used a um, a helicopter that had stealth technology that could not be saw or or heard in any type of um, environment, whether or not you're right, it's right underneath you, whether or not it's on radar, um, it, it cannot be heard or seen, right? But it crashed because it hit, a, you know, it's funny about uh, great technology. It hit a fence. And uh, so it crashed <laughs> and there was two of them. And so they blew that one up and then they got oh. into the other after the deed was done and they tried to, you know, blow up the whole thing, but they left like the rotors and whatever else. Oh, so and they then left so, that behind. So for they them. had to admit oh, that they have a new. Um, yeah, it's not a Black Hawk because it's bigger than a Black Hawk because it, it takes actual, you know, people. And mm-hmm. um, that technology has yet to be seen, but yet we paid for it. Has yet to be disclosed. Has yet to be put into combat or anything else. But right. we have this particular technology, and we used it to go and do that particular task. Um, So, but nobody asked questions about, hey, can we see that, you know, that particular, uh, you know, helicopter? What technology is it using? Are you using that against us? Um, Or is it something that, uh, you know, that, um, you know, alien backdoor technology, all that stuff, whatever. But again, the public doesn't worry about that. They focus on, you know, your day-to-day life, to you know, life situations to where, um, you know, they have you so... Like work till you die, work till you die. Unless exactly. You hit the We're unless working you're famous, eight hours a day, exactly. five days a week on our one to two days off a week. We just want to relax and not think about anything and not stress. Yeah. And it's but not really us. unfair. Not us. We are here to give you guys the truth, you know, and <laughs> to let you, you know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, for sure. But um, so, yeah. You one ready? thing is for sure, though, it What's was that? definitely much easier to cover this up back in the 40s, 50s, 60s than it is today. I mean, at this point, they have no choice but to come out with the truth because people have phones, people have videos, people are, you know, we don't rely on the government for information the way they did back then. But in the case of Roswell, I mean, the way that they covered that up and they just took care of it so fast. I mean, the the crash happened at night and by the next morning, they had done a sweep of the desert. They had shut down all the roads leading into Roswell. They had removed any debris, anything. I mean, and they just completely, uh, what's the word? They they just stopped the story from coming out completely and people, oh, yeah. nobody yep. questioned it. Exactly. Yep. 
Okay, are you ready to get into our Roswell um, yeah, actual story? Roswell. And again, this is what we initially were, were talking about. But as you see, this is going to spin all the way back around. 75 years, 76, I keep saying because the 75th anniversary was last year. But, um, <laughs> but uh, it, it spins all the way back around from the tales that um, some of the people uh, tell that uh, events that occurred and happened to them. And that will sound like something out of, you know, yesterday or the news that's happening now and um, all that stuff with uh, whether it's the the balloons or whether it's the technology or whether it's the government coming to your home or your work, uh, your workplace and say, hey, don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. If you do this and that is going to happen to you. Hey, just real quick before mm-hmm. we get into Roswell, you know another case where they used balloons to explain a UFO sighting? What's that? The Battle of LA. Oh, yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. They literally were shooting at this thing for hours and hours and hours, hundreds of witnesses. There was damage done. People got hurt. And at the end of it, they told everyone that it was a balloon. Yeah. You you it's did. Crazy. Um, I, again, I don't know if we were initially going to put that story into this uh, whole thing, but you should give them a little bit more info on the whole battle of, because uh, I know you did a you know extensive yeah. uh, research on that. Yeah. Uh, right now? No. Yeah. Just, just to give them a synopsis of, you know, and actually in L.A., like it <laughs> freaking This happened in down. the United States of America, California, L.A. Yes. It's crazy. So this... The Battle of L.A. happened in 1942. It was February 24th, 1942. And it was about three months after the attack on Pearl Harbor had happened. So people were, you know, stressed out. They were on high alert, right? And um, basically, it kind of started how it always starts, right? They were catching weird things on radar. And, it, you know, one person saw something on radar. And then it sort of started a panic. And the word kind of spread and they wound up actually um, raising the alarm in L.A. They, like, shut down the county. They turned off the power. They told people to stay in their homes. They were getting ready for an air raid, basically. Like, they thought they were under attack. Yeah. And um, let me see. What was his name? Uh, one – there was one witness. It was a it was a coast artillery, artillery colonel. I didn't get his name, but he said that he saw with his eye tw- – with his eyes, 25 planes in the sky headed toward LA. So he confirmed he saw, and other people said the same thing. They saw and these were multiple saucers. objects. It was, it was saucer style um, objects, correct? Well, they didn't know. They didn't know what they were. They thought they were planes, but okay. you know, I'm assuming just because it was so far away and they couldn't see, but they saw multiple objects and they were coming in closer and closer to LA. And, um, let me see. I think it was at three in the morning. They yeah. actually opened fire. Yep. They were firing at this thing for hours. Big ass shells that were dropping yes. to the ground. These flat cannons that were just huge bursting. Um, some of the they were using anti-aircraft back. ammunition over f- almost two thousand rounds of anti-aircraft ammunition that they shot at this at these objects. And people saw them with their own eye. There were so many witnesses that came out afterwards that confirmed all of this. I mean, you can look it up. It was in the newspapers and everything. And then I think it was a few days later, they came out and just said, yeah, uh, our bad. It wasn't, we weren't under attack. It was just a balloon. (laughs) (laughs) We we panicked. We overreacted. Exactly. (laughs) Um, How many heart attacks happened? (laughs) You know, hearing that stuff go, go off. 
Okay. They they did damage to their own city. I mean, people's cars were damaged, buildings were damaged, and it was all by our own our own fire, you know. So Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's the crazy one. Okay. So um yeah, it's it's again, this is a wild episode. Um, you know, uh again, we're just trying to trying to find the truth within the truth. Because again, like, like Carolyn says, we know what it is. We know that this is real. We know yeah. that, uh, you know, there are particular species that visit, um, are visiting earth or are on earth and they have the technology, they have the crafts, all this stuff is true. It's just a matter of us, I guess, still scratching at it or digging at it and hoping, you know, that the government, you know, finally says, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll let you in on it, but you know, can we still go to work the next day? Can we still believe right. in God? Can we still have all these things or whatever that have, you know, we've been, ha- you know, that's been going on because they feel mm-hmm. that everybody's going to fall apart. Like, uh, I don't need to go to work. Um, I don't believe in God anymore because who, where these aliens come from. It's like the Vatican even coming out and says, oh, if there is extraterrestrial life out there, they believe in God. You know, the Vatican actually came out that <laughs> and, sure. and they do have souls and they have souls too. You know, um, so, so I think they're worried about the economy and I think they're oh, worried yeah. about people, people not buying things. Exactly. <laughs> no, for sure. That's exactly about materialist things anymore. <laughs> exactly. And, and then let alone the technology, you know, um, paying for electricity. Let's not talk about Nikola Tesla and the right, AC exactly. versus DC the fact and that free we don't energy. need to be burning oil anymore. We don't yeah. need to be burning coal anymore. Fossil fuels. Yeah, it's yep. ridiculous. I'm sorry, people were going on a tangent, but um, <laughs> well, one all. other thing, um, when I was doing research, and one other reason I want to I want to talk about all these different cases, you know, even going back to the 40s, is because there are so many similarities. I mean, even people who don't necessarily know a lot about this subject or don't believe in it all the way, you if you just look at all these different stories and you use your common sense, you'll see. There's no way people are making this up. I mean, there's so many similarities yeah. in the descriptions of the crafts and the way they move and the things that people see. It's just, it's crazy. They say ignorance is bliss. And sometimes, oh, yeah. you know, people would rather not know than know. Because if you know, yeah. then you have to do something or you have to, it changes your, you know, your your, your paradigm. Right. To it's where scary. everything you believed in, everything you um, trust in is gone. And what's the new paradigm shift for you? Right. You know, um, and, and I understand that. But at the end of the end of the day, um, you know, dying or living this life, in, in, you know, as a lie and as slave lab- labor when things could be different, better and mm-hmm. uh, the government not using you. Um, to support their, um, you know, things. Pockets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> From their pockets to their technology to stuff that, you know, they have. You know, they always say, oh, don't worry about the Second Amendment um, because, you know, uh, cops will protect you. I don't know any cop that's going to teleport in my house right now and save me if somebody's uh, <laughs> has a gun on me or whatever else right this second. It's not going to happen. But I don't have a security team you know, around me, like whether it's a congressman, whether it's Governor Governor, Governor Newsom, I used right. to call him Governor Nuisance. I'm sorry for those who <laughs> don't like that. But, um, you know, uh, you know, so so those things or whatever, you know, the government, you know, you, you know, well, they help a lot. They do a lot. Well, no, well, it's your money. 
I mean, you paying. Exactly. Where where does all our money go, man? I mean, why are we... Exactly. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> okay, sorry guys, sorry guys. We'll, we'll get back because again, this is a long show. We're, we're 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 getting there now. We're going into the meat of it all and how it not how it all started, but so one of the big pictures of um the whole start of ufology, UFOs, crash spacecrafts, all that good stuff. Right. What's up? Roswell might be the first original uh, UFO cover up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot because you go into the um, the bombers uh, back in World War II who were seeing, um, uh, they called them um, something fighters, uh, spoof fighters. Um, tip of my tongue. So, so many things going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, they would see certain things, whatever, when they're out doing bombing raids and bombing runs. And um, I forgot the name. I know there's, there's somebody out there shouting that name. Right. But um, people would, you know, see things and then come back and people just make fun of them. Right. But I oh, mean, yeah. this is the first time the government actually came in and covered up a story, told, threatened people, oh, yeah, hid yeah, evidence, yeah. took the evidence. Exactly. So, yeah, you know what I mean. Let's- yeah, yeah. They made their people sound idiotic and crazy because, again, if you are a government right. official or whatever and you are actually, um, you know, working with the atomic bomb and you can't tell wood and aluminum foil from an actual exotic craft, that's a problem. <laughs> so, uh, okay, here we go. The Roswell UFO incident, which took place in July 1947, is a well-known and controversial event involving alleged encounters with extraterrestrial beings. It occurred shortly after World War II and the invention of the atomic bomb. The incident began with unusual radar readings showing fast and maneuverable blips near Roswell Air Force Base and White Sands Missile Base in New Mexico. The bases were located near the site of the Manhattan Project and housed the only atomic bombs at the time. Surveillance flights and witnesses reported seeing the UFO, which was believed to be an electrical storm by some locals. On July 4th, the radar blip vanished, suggesting a possible crash. The Roswell Fire Department discovered debris and a saucer-shaped craft at the crash site, along with two bodies and a surviving little person. The military quickly arrived and took control of the scene, shutting down roads in the area. The bodies were reportedly taken to Hangar 84, and the debris was transported to an unknown location, possibly Area 51. Initially, a press release confirmed the UFO crash, but the military intervened and replaced the statement, asserting it was a weather balloon and aluminum foil. Witnesses were threatened, and the incident was suppressed. In 1997, Colonel Philip J. Corso, a retired Army intelligence and Pentagon official, published a book revealing new information about Roswell and the subsequent cover-up. Despite the available information, many details about the incident remain unknown and classified. The military's motivation for the cover-up remains a subject of speculation. Not to us, but um, uh, but uh, go ahead, uh, uh, Carolyn. Okay, so um, the Roswell crash happened on, I think, July 4th, 1947. But what some people don't know is actually there were UFO sightings and radar. There were weird anomalies popping up on radar at Roswell Air Force Base and White Sands Missile Base in New Mexico in the days leading up to that. And um, basically, they were catching all these weird anomalies flying on their radar, and they were going so fast, and they were making these impossible maneuvers. 
so at first they thought it was a mistake. They thought their equipment was malfunctioning. malfunctioning. Um, so they performed some tests. They confirmed with white stands that they were also seeing it on the radar. And they realized, like, no, there is something out there. But there wasn't anything that they could do about it. So they kind of just observed, you know, and uh, waited. But in the meantime, Washington, D.C. got wind of that. And they actually sent, I think it was, well, I don't know how many, but they sent a bunch of intelligence officers out there. So by the time the crash happened, we already had intelligence officers out there ready and waiting, right? Um and I think Sky just said this, but witnesses saw some crazy things going on in the sky in the yeah. days leading up to July 4th. But I guess summer storms are common in that area or they were common back then. And so they just they all just thought they were seeing some crazy storm. So they didn't even know what they were seeing. Um, then, oh, let me think. So the crash happens on July 4th, 1947. And... The blip disappears off the radar. So White Sands and Roswell, they kind of know that something probably happened, but they don't know for sure. However, there were witnesses who saw the crash and they report it to Roswell authorities. So actually the first piece, the first people to arrive on scene are the Roswell Fire Department. And those are some of the witnesses who came forward years and years later and their family members came forward years and years later with, you know, information about the crash. When they arrived on the scene, the firemen said that they saw some kind of an aircraft. It didn't have wings. It wasn't a plane. They said it was not a plane. Um, I think you're going to play a clip from Frankie Rose. She's the daughter of one of the firemen. But I think she said that her dad even said it was not of this world. It was not from Earth. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. And not Right. And not only that, but there were three bodies there were two bodies and one alien still alive walking around yes. and multiple witnesses have described them and they all described them exactly the same they were small with big heads big eyes and they looked like those bugs that you were saying before right the children yes. of the earth um they're uh, <laughs> jerusalem crickets so i'm just going to say right. correct crickets because i don't know the difference between american crickets and jerusalem i don't know Anyways, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm joking. They <laughs> this look is like obviously those in New Mexico, so the <laughs> Jerusalem crickets were in uh, United States. They were, you know. But anyways, I just found that very interesting the way she says it. So yeah, um, that's a good good description. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this you know what makes this um, story interesting for me is that I've heard this story a million times. As far as you know, uh, Mac Brazel. It was his farm. It was the wreckage that was scattered. Well, Go ahead. That that guy actually, he was in a different part of New Mexico, close to Roswell, but because not there in was Roswell, two crashes. Right? That's the thing. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. There that was, was a completely different yes. site, but it was it was debris from the same crash, but it was in a different area. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah. was another witness, and he actually found debris on his property, and and he told people about it. But let me back up for a second. So Roswell. Air Force Base at the time housed the only nuclear or atomic bombs. And if you look at a map, Roswell and um, White Sands Missile Base are literally right on top of each other. And they're also right on top of the place where the Manhattan Project took place. Yeah. So that's like a hot area for. Yeah, it was the 509th uh, uh, bomb group. 
Yes, the 509th Bomb Brigade, Um, they were stationed or they were assigned to Roswell Air Force Base at the time. And they were like the most elite uh, bomber squadron. Yeah, they were responsible for the atomic bomb testing and development. It was Major uh, Jeff Marcel. Um, He was the intelligence officer. um, One of the ones that was was, that was there also. And uh, because when people hear this story, that's who they when it comes to the, you know, because they had Marcel is the one that took the pictures with the foil, the wood and, you know, small little scraps of the the balloon. That's what everybody everybody's always focused on. And then he tells when he showed his son the actual, you know, metallic uh, stuff. But nobody not that many people that I know of even knew about um, Frankie Rowe. But go ahead. Right. So um, firemen arrive on the scene. They see what they see. They're only there a few minutes before the military shows up and tells them to leave, right? So the military takes control of the situation. Um, But, of course, by then it was too late. These firemen had already seen some stuff, and they went home, and they told their families and and, (laughs) told their coworkers. Um, What's interesting is on July 8th, a spokesperson for the 509th Bomb Brigade, uh, Colonel William Blanchard, issued a press release confirming that there was a crash at Roswell. And he stated in this press release that they had recovered a flying disc or a flying saucer. Yeah. I think the, I think he literally said the air force has a flying saucer in its possession. Um, the local news in Roswell reported on this, but it was only like the next day when uh, the military came out, they, they sent Colonel uh, Blanchard on leave they had some other guy step in as the spokesperson, and he denied everything that that Blanchard had said. Um, I think it was General Ramey that yep. they replaced him with. Yep. He said that it was a weather balloon. It was just a balloon and some tin foil. Nothing to see here, right? Exactly. So now again, complete change of story. Again, they completely suppressed the story. Think about this, people. Um, this this group brigade, this bomber group, whatever you want to call them, right? Uh, uh, um, you know, deal with atomic weapon. Yeah. They um, were the C highest fl- planes all the time. Yes, yeah, C planes all the time. No, the secret planes <laughs> that they have, the uh, the high, the high flyers, whatever they were doing. Um, I forgot oh, the name yeah. of that particular. Oh yeah. So uh, you would think that they yeah. of all people would be able to tell a balloon know, a plane and or some balloon. sticks and foil. What you right. know? Yeah, what uh, Ramey showed. You know, in that in the picture. I mean, right. I mean, come on. You know, yeah. So, so it's yeah. crazy. So even the townspeople were like, "No, dude, do you think we're stupid? Like, yeah. what is this?" <laughs> yes. So, so um, you want to get into uh, uh, Frankie's Frank uh, interview? Well, so real quick. Okay, go ahead. Um, so um, the next in the next few days, uh, Frankie Rowe, her dad, she was a you know ten year old child at the time. Her dad was one of the firemen, and she not only had this conversation with her dad about what he had seen that night, but he actually took her to the fire station one day. I think she was staying homesick from school or something. And uh, he took her to the fire station and she said that he and his colleagues were actually passing around some material that they had found at the crash site. And she describes it. And not only she, some other people described the same material. Um, You can read about it in, um, what is this book? The Day After Roswell by Philip J. Corso. But, I guess this material was like a thin, metallic, flexible material, but it was impossible to break. She said they tried stabbing it with knives. They tried burning it. They tried ripping it, and it just would not tear. 
And so they were saying, can you imagine the force of this crash to be able to tear this material that we can't even get a knife through it? And yeah. it's, you know, it's paper thin, whatever it was. But anyways, so then um, I think it was a few days later, some, you know, men in black come and they threaten the townspeople. They threaten Frankie Rowe and her family. But you can you can play the clip because. Yeah. Um, OK, it's going to it's going to start when her dad first comes home. And uh, so we're going to play that one. Then we'll play the one after. Uh, just because I want you guys to get to one, hear the pain in this woman's voice mm -hmm. and to hear it from her own words about what occurred and what transpired and uh, just how, you know, fearful she is. And again, she's older at this mm -hmm. particular moment in her life and uh, it still, you know, is fresh, you know, to her. So let's go ahead and uh, get into it. Frankie Rowe, R-O-W-E. Um, I know you've probably told this story a, a million times, but uh, if you could tell it uh, as fresh as possible for our audience, um, that would be great. Just uh, tell me what happened when your dad came home that day. The very first time that I heard about this yeah. at all. Okay, Daddy came home from work. They worked shifts of a type that they would be on duty maybe 24 hours or 36 hours and then off 8 or 12, like that. So we hadn't seen him for a time. And he got home that evening and he came in so excited. And I was in the kitchen with Mother. And he asked Mother, he said, I've got something I want to tell everybody. Get everybody in here. And she said, we're cooking supper right now. And he said, well, how long is it going to be? Because I've got to talk to everybody. And it was just my mother and myself and the three younger kids at home, and my other sister was working. So we hurried, and we got it on the table and called the kids in. And he started telling us that they had gone on a call of what they thought was going to be a plane crash north of Roswell. And he said they got called out to Blackwater Draw. And when they got out there, what they saw was not a plane that was our plane, but he said it was a flying craft from somewhere else. Well, we didn't ask questions, but Mother asked all the questions, and we were just listening, and she, she started, what do you mean somewhere else? And he said, it's not an airplane. He said, it's not from this world. He said the crash was like the flying saucers that they have talked about because there'd been a few comments on the news about flying saucers. And he said it was one of the flying saucers crashed. And I don't think really mother believed him at first. And he said, no, I'm, he said, I mean it. We went out there early today, which I don't know what time that was, but early to him could have meant they left before dark. And he said when they got there, they could see that there were two bodies that were laying on the ground outside of this craft, and that there was one, what he called, little person. And he said, there's one little person that was walking around. And he said they were still alive. So she asked him, you know, what what do they look like? Do they look like us? And, and he said they were very small, about the size of a small 10-year-old child. 
but the head looked like the little insect that we played with or that we saw around our house called Child of the Earth. We all knew what that looked like, so nobody asked any questions on, on that. We assumed that meant that the head was too large for the body, and it had no hair, and it would have large eyes. We knew that because that's what the Child of the Earth insect looks like. He said they looked quite a bit like us. He said they were a lot smaller than we are. Because when he said a small 10-year-old child, I knew he meant smaller than I was. And I wasn't very big at 12 years old. I was a little small for my age. And he said that the other two were dead and that this one that was alive was very sad. But he emphasized and he kept saying, there's no need for us to be afraid. They're not here to hurt us. And he said, we couldn't help them. And he was, he was more upset over the fact that they couldn't help this little person. And that's something he really felt badly, that he couldn't help this one that was alive. So that was just a conversation over dinner that night. Yeah, that's, in, that's incredible. Um, so it, it's things like that, that um, when you hear someone, the pain in her voice as she's telling the story like it happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's like these people have been holding these secrets and things in for a long time. And they know their time is coming to where once they're gone, no one will know of it or no one will remember it. And then so they want to come forth and tell uh, what's going on. And you, uh, in talking to you about this, uh, Carolyn, you had a um, a real insight into the alien portion of, you know. Yes, I w- I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about that. So I think, um, I don't know if Frankie Rowe talks about this in the documentary, but in in the book, The Day After Roswell. Real, real quick, let them know the name of the documentary. So that way oh. they can, again, we're going to post this in comments. I mean, in show description, um, yes. any links or whatever that we have going, but go ahead and tell them what it is. Yeah. It's called the Roswell Cover Up, 75 years later. I think it's a brand new documentary and it is so good. I mean, everyone should watch it. It was, it, there was so much brand new information in there. I mean, it was great, but, um, anyways, so multiple witnesses, And like you just said, these people were scared, right? They were intimidated. They were threatened. They were told never to talk about this. And they didn't. Many of them never talked about it again. Some of them, it took years and years and years for them to talk about it. But um, they all, people who saw these little beings, the aliens, all described them the same. And Jay Corso's book, uh, The Day After Roswell, he, I don't believe he ever interviewed anyone, but he based his book off of secret files that he was able to access when he was working for the Pentagon. Um, so in his book, he says that witnesses who were on the scene, um, they could they could feel that this one alien that was still alive was so sad and they could feel that it was grieving for the two uh, dead aliens for its, you know, comrades or whatever. But they didn't, it didn't tell them, it wasn't saying anything, it wasn't speaking, but they said they could literally feel how Mm -hmm. sad it was. They could feel his feelings. They could feel him grieving and being scared and being, you know, afraid and sad. So I thought that was just 
so interesting. It's like it was communicating telepathically with them. Yeah, because, you know, people say, oh, your first thought when you see something like that is to run, you know, or to get out of there. You're terrified of what you're looking at, but you don't know, you know, what's occurring in your body or mentally, you know, to be these creatures, to be telepathic or empathetic to um, or make you empathetic to their situation um, and, and think about it. How else could you communicate with someone from a, a completely different planet or even possibly galaxy or universe from you? There's no other way, but telepathically, you can't, yeah. you don't speak the same language. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless they have some device, you swallow this bubble. Right. <laughs> that <laughs> was uh, guardians. No, no, that was, uh, in the quantum verse. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Ant-Man. <laughs> But um, but no, you're you're right. You're right, and uh, so so it's so you know it's just so intriguing on the information that's really out there, and we kind of brush it aside, or a lot of people don't know right. of it, and or right. don't even focus on in on it. So let's go into the next segment uh, to where you know she actually go ahead. You had something else? Just yeah. So the next clip is um, it's Frankie Rowe, and she's talking about um. A few days after the crash, I guess she was staying home sick from school and her dad actually wound up taking her to work with him. And she was there when he he and his colleagues were all discussing the crash. They were talking about the details of it. And they also were passing around some material that they found at the crash site. So I'll just let you go ahead and play the clip. Okay, here we go. And then there wasn't too much said about it for the next couple of days. Then I was at the fire station one afternoon because I'd gotten sick. I had to see the doctor and we only had one vehicle. So I went back to work with daddy. He came home at noon and picked me up on his lunch. And I had gone to the doctor and was sitting in the kitchen part of the fire station and I was eating a glass of ice chips. And a state policeman came in and he yelled at Daddy. He said, hey, Dan, come over here. And he said, get all the guys. I want to show you guys something. The state policeman reached into his pocket. And he said, I don't think you guys got to see anything like this the other day. And he pulled his hand out of his pocket, and it was closed up. He opened his hand over the table and dropped a piece of material that, when it hit the table, it was all wadded up when it left his hand, and when it hit the table, it spread out like it was water. And they they were asking him, you know, how'd you get by with this? And he said, well, he had helped with some of the pickup of debris, and he had managed to sneak that one piece in his pocket. He said, I don't know how long I'll get to keep this before I get caught. Because he said, everybody they catch, they're taking away whatever they've got. Last count, I had spoken to around four dozen people who who handled various aspects of the debris. The most dramatic is the foil-like material that you could wad up into a ball and let it go and it would unfold itself. A lot of people reported that. What kind of material did we have in 1947 that would that had those properties. There were things like uh, um, foil backed with cloth that when you wadded up, it would tend to unfold itself somewhat, but there were always the signs of creases. And some of the people were very specific. There was no sign of a crease or a fold in this thing when it was let down. After a while, they tried to burn it. They 
almost all of them carried the large, the old-fashioned lighters. They tried to burn it and they couldn't burn it. It wouldn't catch on fire and they took out their pocket knives and they tried to cut it and they couldn't cut it. So they got into a discussion as to how, how bad a force it must have been to tear this piece of material. And they talked about, you know, whether it came from the inside of the ship or the outside or, or what, and of course nobody knew where it came from. And while they were talking, I guess they all had their chance to play with it for a while and it was laying on the table, so I reached over and picked it up. And I played for it probably about five minutes. And I tried everything they had done with the, the wadding it up. When you would wad it up in your hand, you couldn't feel it in your hand. You couldn't feel you had anything there. And it would go to a size that was so small that you'd have to look to see if it was still in your hand. And then when you drop it, it spread out all over the table. It made no noise, no sound of any kind. It was just like, it was nothing. It was like you were meshing air together. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, her description of the object, uh, the detail, and, um, you know, again, just, you know, giving her account of what transpired, you know, and it's funny because um, I don't believe any of those other firefighters or families from them uh, have came forward, not that I'm aware of, you know, so I find that interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. But whatever that material was, it doesn't sound like tinfoil. Oh, yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Can't be burned, can't be uh, destroyed. Right. And, and like she said, uh, the, or, or I think, I don't know if her father said it, but the impact must have been incredible um, yeah. for it to actually break that apart. Right. You know? um, and again, and can it's not you like, imagine the force yeah, that it would take? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's incredible. So let's go ahead and uh, you want to go ahead and get into her last, well, it's not her last statement, but just a statement about what happened once the, you know, the government found out, hmm, town is talking. People are saying, you know, that they have either materials or even information about it because, again, they visited each firefighter, each person who yep. uh, was at that location and made it very clear to them what the situation was and everything else, like you were saying. Yeah. Let's yeah. Get, let's play go. It. I'm not sure what the time span was, maybe three days, maybe four. Could have been less, it could have been more. But uh, I was at home and the car came driving up the driveway and we had a pretty long driveway. It was a military car. And mother and I walked to the door. They knocked on the door and I answered the door and mother was beside me and he, uh, he told mother who he was and that he wanted to talk to the uh, girl that had been down at the fire station. And uh, so she told him it was me. So he came in. And we started to sit down in the living room, and he said, no, I want you to go in there in the dining room. He could, he could see the dining room from the living room there. 
He told Mother to sit at the end of the table, and he told me to sit at the side. He positioned himself uh, across the table, and he told us to sit down, and he stood. And he said, uh, I understand you were at the fire station the other day. And I told him, yes, I was. And he, he started out by saying, I want you to understand that you were never there. And I didn't understand what he meant because this was kind of a, not a way of talking that we were accustomed to. And I said, yes, I was there. And he said, no, you weren't. And I said, yeah, I was there. And he had mentioned at first that he wanted to see the one who had seen the piece of material that they had been handling down at the station. And I said, yes, I did handle it. And he started emphasizing, no, you didn't. Well, my mother was pretty strict and we didn't lie. So I'm insistent that yes, I saw it, yes, I held it. And he got mad, and he was, the more I insisted I had seen it, he didn't just come out and say, this is not something you're gonna be allowed to talk about. He was trying to get it through my head that, that I never saw it. And he got louder, and he had one of those looks like a small baseball bat that hooks on the side of your belt and he took that out and he's holding it and he starts beating his hand every time he said something he would hit that on his hand and he would say I want you to understand you were never there you did not see anything you did not hear a conversation and he said if you can't understand this there are things that we can do. He asked Mother, he said, can she keep a secret? And, he, and Mother said, yes. She said, just tell her what you want her to do. And he said, well, first of all, you've got to understand that if you ever talk about this the rest of your life, he said, there are things that we can do, and we'll do them now. Uh, we can take all of you kids, we will take you either to Orchard Park or to Artesia. Orchard Park was the German POW camp during World War II, and Artesia was the Japanese POW camp. And he said, but we don't have to do that. We don't even have to let you live. He said, we'd put you in one, we'd put your parents in the other one, but we don't have to do that. He said, we could take you out here in the middle of this desert. He said, no one will ever find your bodies, ever. No one will ever know what happened to you. And so he said, the only way I'm gonna let you stay around or live is if you promise you'll never talk about this the rest of your life. So I told him I wouldn't. But that really was pretty much all that was involved. He was probably there at the house maybe 45 minutes to an hour. Mother sent me into the bedroom, and I don't know what he had to say to her afterwards. One of the other military police that was with him stayed in the backyard with the younger kids so they didn't come in the house while he was there. And I never discussed it again until recently. And I'm sorry, I just... 
Someday, I will get over it. I haven't yet. The story is going to end one of these days because there's nobody going to be able to refute it or say anything about it. Yeah, that's that's what the government wants. You know, is um, people telling these stories or or telling what occurred and what happened, you know, to pass on. Right. Yep. Um, so one thing you said earlier about uh, I don't think any of the any more of the fire department witnesses or their family members have come out. And that might be true, but there are plenty of other witnesses who were either at Roswell or who were family members of you know, military personnel who were at the crash site. Uh, there are plenty of witnesses. So yeah. it's, and it's, it, they all corroborate each other's stories. I mean, even in the book, The Day After Roswell, from Frankie Rowe, you know, Marcel Jr., um, all the other witnesses, they, they're sim- their stories are so similar that it's almost like if they were lying, they must have rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed it, you know? Yeah, like, there's yeah. just no way. Yeah, and, and, and it's not, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, why would they do that? If there's they find, no the, yeah, if they find a, a, a balloon and, and then uh, these wooden, um, you know, the wooden structure that held it together along with the foil and uh, let's say there was, uh, some, you know, 19, um, you know, 47 uh, array um, technology that they were using to spy or whatever else. Okay, it's just that, you know, it's not. And again, we're not talking about a, a, um, a, a hot air vehicle. We're talking about a balloon. <laughs> You like know a what I'm saying? Balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see if it was straight up a, balloon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Goodyear blimp that used to go over um, over um, Super Bowls and all that. They used to have. Right. Well, they still have, but it's different now. But imagine something massive that's like four houses or um, a half a stadium explodes, and then you have all this. You know, this these um, these articles of uh, plastic, different uh, woods, different stuff that the vehicle is made out of. Yeah, you'd be like, "What the hell is this? Is this a, a this is an alien, you know, spacecraft or you know what's going on?" But we're talking about you guys seen the balloons that they're talking about. They actually the military, I think, in the 1980s or 1990s, they go back over showing the actual video or or, or, or a picture of the balloons, and they are the standard balloon sizes. That are that the supposed Chinese uh, balloons are. So it's not nothing extra oh, really? special. It's not massive. Yeah, they have. There's a picture that shows um, these balloons that are on uh, a vehicle, the back of a like a um, like a um, uh, a freaking um, you know big rig, but with, hmm. without the, the the bed in the back, it's just flat um, right. to where you put like a lifter on. And uh, so that way they can just launch them. Yeah. So it's a standard balloon with it sounds uh, like balloon technology hasn't changed much. Exactly. Yeah, that's, <laughs> in the yeah, last seventy uh, years. Maybe they're using neoprene or. <laughs> 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 but um, but uh, but yeah. So um, so so these highly trained intelligent officers that have been tasked with some of the uh, world's or or the United States uh, biggest secrets can tell. That you know, a balloon. Again, we're not even talking about the general public now. You know, we're talking about the the actual military portion. Now, right. the general public are like, no, that's not what it was. We can prove it because we actually touched it. We had it. 
Um, you know, and uh, she didn't see the crash site firsthand, but she saw what her dad brought, you know, or whomever right. brought that. And she heard to him the talking station. to his coworkers about it, and exactly, exactly. Right. So it's all very interesting, and then just just circles back to it's happening again. Whether it's right. the balloons that are being shot down, or a balloon was shot down, but then there were three other vehicles that were shot down that weren't attached by a balloon, just in case somebody filmed it or whatever else. Right. It's some exotic craft that we shot down in the Atlantic, or or no, in um, it was in uh, not the Atlantic. It was uh, it was in um, Alaska. I, Alaska, yes. Because mm-hmm. let's not even get into Alaska. How you cannot. Go. The only treaty that all the nations have is you cannot go to a certain part of Alaska because a general supposedly went there, which he said, we, you know, um, he went there and he, you know, f- saw this um, area of the the uh, world that was like California. It was tropical. It was all this stuff. He saw these exotic. That's in, that's in Antarctica, isn't it? Yes. And, and there's like a circle that you can't see it on Google Maps, like, like they black it out or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. So who yeah. knows where they shot this particular thing down? You know, um, you know, in Alaska. Right. You know, or where so, was it going? Yeah, exactly. Going back home. You know, inner world yeah. beings. <laughs> home know. base. Exactly. Exactly. I was I was watching a documentary um, right before we started recording, and they were saying something. They were basically saying that, you know, because the government has had a history of, you know, shutting these stories down, denying, saying people are crazy, it actually makes people angry because witnesses know what they saw. And when you tell them they're crazy and they didn't see what they saw, that's just going to make them want to tell it more right oh exactly make them want to get the truth out there more no for sure if you go back to my story when when i was driving in sacramento california headed on 50 um headed south i saw an orb um at a high altitude and i clearly see that it's an orb you guys go ahead and listen to it i forgot which episode it's on but um i'll never forget it i will always you know talk about it you cannot you know tell me again is this um, U.S. secret technology. I don't know because of the propulsion system. It was just an orb itself. It was dotting in and out of particular clouds. Um, it yeah. wasn't like it was hiding because it was moving kind of slow as it was going in and out in different clouds. So, um, so I'm not sure. And then there's another story that I still haven't told, um, which <laughs> uh, something fell um, to Earth. It didn't crash per se, but it fell behind a store with like a glowing light. So it was very interesting. I got to tell that one also but um i have a ufo story that i don't really tell people because you know i'm not really sure what i saw but when i was younger i was a teenager and me and my friend both saw it right so i know i'm not crazy we both saw the same thing we were standing in her front yard at night and we just looked up in the sky and there were two red lasers like streaking across the sky and it's so hard to explain this especially without like a visual, but (laughs) whatever these things were, they were so far away and they were going so fast that they were literally leaving a trail behind them. Like it looked like a laser beam going across the sky, Wow! but they were, they were moving pretty slow, but from, from far away, it looked like they were moving slow. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden one takes off and just shoots away 
Another, the other one takes off, shoots away, and then a third one comes from beyond the horizon and shoots. And they were going in such perfect straight lines. And they were so far out of our atmosphere and so far away. It could not possibly have been a human craft, you know, whatever they, whatever it was. I don't know what it was. I don't know yeah. if it was a craft or a meteor or what, but it, there's, it had to be, it couldn't have been natural, whatever it was. So that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's incredible. Yeah. I would it, love to know what that was. Yeah, exactly. Was it uh, government technology or was it alien craft or an alien uh, craft uh, utilized by our government? So right. um, so it's all intriguing. And this, you question yourself when you see these things because you're like, did I really see that? Like, what is that? Am I making things up or is there an explanation that I'm not thinking of? Or, you know, so you don't you don't know. You just don't know what you see, what you saw. Yeah, well, you know what you saw, but then you decide to second guess yourself. About, right. whoa, could that possible? You know, no, no, no. But, exactly. Um, but if you saw what I saw, you would say, oh, yeah, that's that that's um, something not of this planet or not of what I'm aware of or technology that we currently have. And again, exactly. who knows what the technology that um, the, uh, you know, governmental agencies have, um, you know, to even whether it's, a, a, a regular plane, right? But it shows as something else. Like, you know, it projects a different type of image uh, totally, right. you know, um, not in a sense of cloaking. Cloaking is, you know, it's, it's, it, you can't see it, but actually it puts out, it looks like a different type of, you know, object or Craft whatever what else. It actually so, is. so again, we just don't know. Yeah. there We don't know what the government's keeping from us and we don't know what kind of technology they actually have. Yeah. And we don't know, but, but we can use our common sense to know what we're not capable of. Right. Oh, like, for sure. Not even so, question. Yeah. Yeah. The, lo- the laws of physics still apply to. Exactly. Uh, to <laughs> we haven't figured out a way around that yet. So. Exactly. Well, tonight has been a great UAP extravaganza and uh sorry we went long we we we've never done an episode this long before but it's and we just, didn't even cover half the things we wanted to cover i mean exactly so much more it's so much more and it's always changing and uh the story with david gresh i'm pretty sure has you know tenfold has happened now you know cnn has a story fox has their story msnbc has their story uh, mm-hmm. News Nation is putting out more stuff. The actual interview still has to drop on Sunday. So, um, you know, it's up to you guys whether or not you want us to revisit uh, this particular subject. But if it, if it, you know, steamrolls other things in play, we definitely will be bringing you that information because, you know, how close are we to disclosure? How close are we uh, to finding the truth? Uh, Kellen, yeah. how close do you think we are? Do you think we're close? Oh God, it's so hard to say. You know, this was another great line from the documentary I was just watching. We are so used to relying on the government and, and, or at least in the past we were, and it's really not like that anymore. I mean, we, you even said this earlier, we know what it is. We don't need the government to tell us. We know they're, they're lying. They keep lying to us. I don't know why, but so in my opinion, it, I mean, it already kind of has come out. We, we just need them to take that next step so we can actually get an up close look and know for sure what we're dealing with, you know, and what these are. So I think we are close. I think we're right on the verge of, of getting to the truth on this subject. I hope so. Um, I don't know what it'll change. I don't know if it'll change uh, our perspective 
uh, our technology when it comes to whether something, uh, you know, whether it's from the medical standpoint of cancer treatment to uh, us aging, you know, slower or not um, destroying being, our planet. E- exactly. Exactly. Help helping out uh, the environment and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, is, is a, the whole thing of aliens come out. They're like, oh, you guys are the reason why we have the ozone problems. <laughs> right. Know. Who knows? We always love to blame other people for our problems. So, I'm sure that that would be the government's move. Yeah. Once they admit that the aliens are real, they're going to blame them for everything. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But, um, okay, so thank you guys for joining us tonight on Strange Darkness Radio. It's been a late one. and This uh, was such a good topic, and I would love to revisit this in another episode. For sure. And I just want to tell you guys, see, I wasn't joking when I told you uh, Carolyn uh, was going to be amazing and her vast knowledge and her research and in-depthness uh, when it comes to uh, these subjects and just the vigor that she has to go after, um, you know, this information and stuff and the uh, subjects that we uh, talk about. And I just want to thank you, you. again. Um, I'm not going to keep thanking you all the time. I will. <laughs> I will. I'm that type of person. But no, uh, I love it. Thanks. You know, for uh, being on the show and all that good stuff because I know our listeners are enjoying it and getting, you know, an earful of um, ideas and concepts that, you know, can make them you know, wander and ponder other, you know, um, paradigms. And that's what it's all about for us. And in saying all that, I want to leave you guys uh, with something that uh, Carolyn wanted me to put together uh, just to uh, keep hope alive. All right, we're out. Every newscaster and every newspaper across the nation has made headlines out of it. And this afternoon, we are honored indeed to have here in our studio this man, Kenneth Arnold, who we believe may be able to give us a first-hand account and give you the same on what happened. I kept looking for their tails. They didn't have any tails. I thought, well, maybe something's wrong with my eyes. They seemed to flip and flash in the sun just like a mirror. I'd be glad to confirm it with my hands on a Bible because I did see it. And whether it has anything to do with our army or our intelligence or whether it has to do with some foreign country, I don't know. Come up like that and then it's tipped and just, I mean, really went. It went fast. I've never seen anything go so fast in my life as that thing went. Yeah. Unlike fighters, they would stop, almost stop in their forward velocity and change 90 degrees, sometimes in their flight path. And within the next two to three days, we'd had uh, practically all the fighters we could muster on the base up climbing as high as they would climb with guys with binoculars in them, still trying to spot these strange devices flying overhead. And we never could get close enough really to pin them down, but they were round in shape and very metallic looking. And they would come over and do the same maneuvers that we make, except every once in a while one of them goes to zip. And you just can't do that in a fight. Like two saucers, one inverted over the other. They seemed to be made of some kind of polished metal. When I first saw the objects, they were almost overhead. By the time I had the camera ready to go, they had moved to a considerably greater distance. Blackness of the bay, they're distinct six red coins. When they got closer, we could see that you were, it looked like you were looking down into it, like a hot coal. It came in like this and went out like this. 
there would be no way of making complete reversal or a 90 degree turn 12,000 miles an hour or greater without making the occupants juice on the wall. <laughs> that kind of really shook us up. Looking at the thing shook us up. Nothing could have gotten to that degree of scientific progress without some of the intermediate steps having become public knowledge. We just knew that they were not from this planet. Since 1947, we have received and analyzed between one and 2,000 reports that have come to us from all kinds of sources. Of this great mass of reports, we have been able adequately to explain the great bulk of them. However, there have been a certain percentage of this volume of reports that have been made by credible observers of relatively incredible things. We can say that the recent sightings are in no way connected with any secret development by any department of the United States. The point that Sanford put across all too effectively was that they were not real. They were just tricks of the atmosphere. And atmospheric phenomena can't be a threat to national security. You don't shoot at clouds. And it took off to about probably four or five metres in the air and then turned on its side and just went zoom straight up so fast that there's just nothing even now day that could go that fast. Why will the United States government withhold information from United States citizens? For what reason? The Air Force is simply treating the American people like children. They don't trust them with the facts. 